When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Terrifying Lies Podcast, with music and stories by Craig Nibo. Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Terrifying Lies Podcast, where together we vanquish demons. I am Craig Nibo, your host. Today, I submit for your approval part two of Tesla v. Cthulhu the Musical. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend you go back an episode and tune in. Otherwise, you might become a bit bewildered. The story so far, a tale of scientific ambition and dark forces beyond human comprehension. Our protagonist, Fritz Lowenstein, has grown weary of his employer's demanding ways and seeks solace in a local watering hole. But as he commiserates with a friend over a pint... He learns of a group of mysterious women who have descended upon their town, rumored to possess powers beyond mortal understanding. Some whisper that they are worshippers of the malevolent deity Cthulhu, come to ensnare the brilliant inventor Nikola Tesla in a web of dark magic. As Fritz delves deeper into the rumors, he realizes that the line between science and the supernatural may be far more tenuous than he ever could have imagined. Welcome to Tesla v. Cthulhu, a musical journey into the unknown, where the forces of light and darkness collide in a battle for the very soul of human ingenuity. And now I give you part two of Tesla v. Cthulhu, written and composed by Craig Nibo, performed by an incredibly talented ensemble of actors, musicians, and singers. I implore you, O great and powerful Azathoth, head of all outer gods. Jerusha, hearing Tesla's Morse code, wheels on him and notices him tuck the egg into his sleeve. She stalks over to him. What was that? I don't know to what you are referring. That object in your hand. Tesla opens his empty palms. <laughs> Presto. Jerusha frisks Tesla. Although he tries to keep his composure, her tickling touch causes him to laugh. Jerusha finds the metal egg in his sleeve. She works it down through his clothes along his body and out through his pants cuff, causing more uncomfortable chortling. She holds it up in front of Tesla's face. What is this? I call it the egg of Columbus. It is a symbol of the origins of conductivity. Electricity, power, something of which you would know nothing. <laughs> oh, you are truly a neophyte. What is neophyte? You're kidding. 
a neophyte is an amateur, a rookie, a fledgling of knowledge and purpose, a lackey, a no-count windbag filled up with nothing but idiotic fluff. You talk too much. Jerusha huffs and goes back to the altar with her two sisters. I implore you, O oh great and powerful Azathoth, head of all outer gods. Oi, trio of gothic harlots. What supernatural nonsense do you hope to purvey with your made-up words and incessant flailing of arms? Do you want to see real power? The kind that can crack the very earth in two? Cracking earth in two? It's a simple matter of tuning and transmitting the planet's resonant frequency at the appropriate volume and duration. I could crumble earth to dust with the flick of switch but I tend to like it here. You wouldn't know real power from common sparks of static. Ideal in forces that go beyond this world and even this universe. Jerusha smiles seductively. She walks over to Tesla and puts a finger on his chest. She moves around him, running her finger over his body as she goes. You have always aspired to be a part of the future. A part of advancing this world from its stone age into a new dawn of electricity and light? I've read your papers. I was even there for your inane magic shows in New York City. Now you have your chance to become part of that future. But not to usher in an age of light. To usher in an epoch of darkness at the hand of creatures so old and noble that one risks insanity just by merely reading their ancient language. And you plan to execute this future with gibberish and gyrations? You are a naive girl. Only through science can one change the future. Curse your science. Curse your ignorant fantasies of so-called power, light, and prosperity for humankind. Jerusha glances at the chrome egg in her hand. Curse your stupid tin egg. She spits on the egg of Columbus and throws it into the woods. Let me guess you obsess on the discipline you profess. On the source and the course you endorse while you luminous. While I find your resolve extolling your naivete and seminal that you make can't lead you to your goal. With your eyes on your spells and your club of Madame Wassells, you can dance like the fools that you are with your stones and bells. While I find your attire of fixing your practices and the tricks that you quib prefix a hollow roll. With your science and evolution and your method so dull and slow, you will spin on your futile theories in the undertone. You can chant out your Misinformation. 
Counterfactual pauses of the glaring misapprehension for basic science. Deep of your supposed posture that you have command of nature's laws. It's dismal. sits in a building next to an enormous Tesla tower. Its interior is festooned with electronic equipment. Loose papers, Tesla's notes, lie everywhere. The lab rests empty. Several pieces of experimental equipment thrum a chortle of mechanical electrical drones. Fritz, Hercule, and Alice enter the lab. Fritz gets busy rummaging through crates of equipment. By the grace of the gods of science and discovery. This is the place in which you and that prophet get to change the world. Yeah, less of a prophet, more of an obsessive compulsive tyrant. You know, certainly a winning combination. We are wasting time. We should be at the Lightning Wood. If we're gonna do this, we should have weapons. Fritz drags a long length of cable out of a crate of equipment. He coils it and tosses it over his shoulder. He continues to search, but becomes frustrated. Curse his aversion to firearms. If I could only find a pistol in this self-serving shrine. Hercule awkwardly drags the unwieldy carronade from his carpet bag. 
who needs a pop gun when we are carrying heavy artillery? Yeah, sure it works fine if you wear an eye patch, have a peg leg, and carry a grudge against the Spanish Navy. I I'd rather go into this operation as a surgeon, not a rhino. Fritz picks up the only makeshift weapon he can find, the cone from a phonograph machine sitting on a table. He shouts through the cone. Ha! Got it. He flips the cone around and wields it like a club. What are you gonna do, shout him to death? Disheartened, Fritz lowers the cone. I suppose one must work with the tools at hand. Fritz tries to take the carronade from Hercule. Hey, that's mine! Hercule doesn't relinquish the carronade. Someone needs to stay here. Oh, get your hands off my cannon! In, in case another message comes in from Tesla. Fritz rests the cannon from Hercule. Oh. Dejected, Hercule flicks his chin at Fritz. Alice rolls her eyes and shakes her head. I have to admit, it has a certain... Coup de foudre. Fritz aims the carronade around in a mock show of manhood in an attempt to impress Alice. But the weapon is obviously too heavy. Alice rolls her eyes and flings her hands into the air. It's crude and unwieldy, but I think it might serve a purpose in a pinch. The Morse code armature is over there. Should Tesla attempt to send another message, it is synced to a second armature at the Raven's Watch. <sighs> Fine. I'll stay. Hercule moves over to a piece of complicated equipment and puts his hands on a pair of levers. Maybe I'll attempt a few experiments of my own. Don't you dare lay a hand on any of this equipment. You could wipe Colorado Springs off the map if you pulled the wrong switch. Uh, which lever causes the biggest muckhead in the room to give the cannon back and shut his mouth? He's right. You will be more useful if you stay here. We'll reach out if we can. We need to get going now. I'll keep the home fires burning. Don't touch anything. Don't read anything. Don't even breathe. In fact, why don't you just sit in that chair and think about something harmless, like pigeons. Yeah, pigeons. The boss loves pigeons. Think about pigeons. Come on! Alice pulls Fritz out of the lab. Hercule sighs. <sighs> he looks around the lab and spots a painting of pigeons on the wall. He takes it down, sits on a chair, and runs a hand across the canvas. The lightning wood is a clearing in the woods outside of Colorado Springs, where Tesla and Fritz run wireless power experiments. Two tall Tesla coils stand about six feet apart. There is also an altar built by Jerusha and her sisters in the clearing. Back at Tesla's lab, a telegraph armature sits on a desk. A large piece of equipment crouches nearby, fixed with an enormous lever with a sign that reads, Master Switch. Back at the lightning wood, Tesla stands between the coils spread eagle, his wrists chained to the standing apparatuses. Jerusha stands at the altar. The other two witches surround Tesla. 
taunting him with their suggestive motions. They stroke him with their hands, smiling sensuously. Tesla, in his obsessive compulsion, feels tortured by their touch. Back at Tesla's lab, Hercule sits at the desk, bored, looking at a pigeon painting he took down from the wall. He's waiting for a signal to come through the armature from Tesla, Fritz, or Alice. Tesla groans in near panic at the witch's touch. Get back, foul priestesses of imaginary power. Gabriella teases Tesla. She lies back against him, working her hair back and forth over his face and chest. Tesla having a genuine phobia of human hair. Ugh. The hair, not the hair, please, please, not the hair. <laughs> oh, how my sisters love their fun. Don't despair, this will all end soon. It will end badly, but it will end soon. The Terrifying Lies podcast will return after this short commercial break. Welcome back to the Terrifying Lies podcast.
far too late. I have sent word to my friends. They will arrive soon, and your infantile plans for so-called world domination will be dashed into idiotic pieces. Oh, but the incantation already reaches like a tendril of smoke beyond the stars. We shall consign you to oblivion and bring on the dawn of a new world, purged of the infection of human infirmity. Actually, purged of humans altogether. Alice and Fritz sneak up and hide behind a tree just outside the clearing. Fritz puts his heavy carpet bag down and rubs his tired shoulder. They're torturing him. The witches entice Tesla, rubbing against him, licking their chops with a mixture of animosity and seduction. Tesla can't stand human contact. He palpably shows his aversion. If there's one thing I've learned from the boss, it's that patience yields more significant results than reckless endeavor. Stay low. Fritz and Alice duck down. Alice notices something on the ground. She picks up the egg of Columbus. What have we here? Oh, Tesla calls it the egg of Columbus. He uses it in his experiments. Fritz takes the egg and looks at the scene unfolding in the clearing. I think I might have an idea brewing in my head. His lips curl into a sly smile. Jerusha opens the Necronomicon, a large leather-bound ancient book, and places it on the altar. It's high time that we cook this world like the over-fattened, bleeding-stuck pig it has become. Let's get on with it, shall we? The eons-old forces of astral power stand in the wings, awaiting their cue to tear down this fouled curtain. Mm, a bit dramatic, you might say. I think we're getting the picture. Shh! The three witches incite the first part of their ritual to summon Cthulhu. They read from the Necronomicon on the altar. They wave herbs. They use magic wands made from gnarled sticks as part of their flourish and dance.
You are all mad! Jerusha picks up a dagger from the altar and holds it along with her stick wand toward the sky. Gabriella tosses a fistful of dust toward Tesla. <laughs> Jerusha points her stick at the altar. Two candles on the altar spontaneously spark to life. Jerusha slices her hand with the dagger. She collects some of the blood on her stick wand. Jerusha moves to the altar, sets the dagger down, and picks up the Necronomicon. She rubs blood from her stick onto a page in the open book. She tears the page out of the book and holds it up toward the sky. The page spontaneously goes up in smoke. Smoke and lights emit from an area in the back of the clearing. Cthulhu emerges. A man dressed in a tuxedo. His face a mesh of fish, flesh, and tentacles. He coughs violently as he walks out of the smoke. Why does there always have to be so much smoke? Well, hello, sweet sisters. Oh, great Cthulhu of the Outer Realms. Forget the razzle-dazzle, why don't you? I'm here already. What do you say you and me wreak some wholesale havoc all over this big blue planet of yours? <laughs> What matter of awful being are you? Well, 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 if it ain't the Nicky Tesla himself, I've heard of you. In fact, I've tried to drop you a line. The, the, the transmission from outer space. They came from... Yours truly. The great grandson of the darkness and the nameless mist. You bet your sweet apple, kid. I tried to reach out to you, little brother. But either you weren't listening or you couldn't decipher my memorandum. Cthulhu drops his arms around Ursula and Gabriella. But these sisters have been working on it. I felt them pulling me in, baby, and now, poof, in an astro-metaphysical cloud, here I am, and thank you, ladies. <laughs> and they say you have all the brains. Is it contest of intellect you seek? You ain't got nothing on me in the smarts department, little Nicky. <laughs> the two functions of F and G defined by F of X equals 3X plus 3 over x real, and g of t equals 3t, plus 3 for t real, and positive are equal. False. Two functions are equal if their rules are equal, and their domains are the same. Child's play. <sighs> if functions f and g have domains d of f and d of g respectively, then the domains of f over g is given by... The intersection of d and f and d of g without the zeros of function 
G, and Nikki, let's remember the division of zero is not allowed in mathematics. Let the closed interval of A and B be the domain of the function of F. The domain of F multiplied by X minus 3 is given by... The graph of F multiplied by X minus 3 is that of F of X shifted three units to the right. To shift the closed interval of A and B to the right, you need to add three units to the endpoints A and B of the interval. But we digress. Is this really the smartest guy on the face of the planet? Is he truly your sacrificial clever man? He's the best we have. Cthulhu walks around Tesla and the coils to which he is bound. Well then, I'd say I'll be doing this planet more of a favor than anything. Little Nikki Tesla. Who would have thought? Tesla invented the polyphase alternating current induction motor. Tesla's alternating current lights up the entire eastern seaboard, transmitting from the world's first hydroelectric power plant at Niagara Falls. Tesla holds over 300 patents, including X-ray technology, wireless transmission, and the first radio-controlled remote apparatus. Toys and trinkets, Nikki, but enough about you. Let's talk about me, baby. You're looking at the approximation of an outer god, an avatar, if you will. My true being stretches on for eternity beyond the stars. And with one sneeze, I could wipe out all 300 of your patents and your entire world in the bargain. Go back where you came from. Not so fast, Nikki. This place is growing on me. I think I might stay a while. Let's light up the town now and turn this night upon its ear. Let's turn a new page now. Let's rock and let's roll. Let's rumble the curtain and forget damage control. longer run it's much more fun to go my way we'll take what we want dear we'll have so much fun Position space, I need to rest my feet and occupy. It's great to be king of all of the world. My despotic tendencies are once again unfurled. My sovereign foot will come down again and rumble the swell. Of this infernal land.
Oh yeah, well, I can stomp all over your world with one delusion behind my back. This is madness. Baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. Science will win out in the end. Keep saying that, Nikki. Why don't you just keep saying that? Let me ask you something. My little message from the stars, did you ever decipher it? It was only series of garbled pulses. Science! Ha <laughs> ha! I sent you that message for years and you couldn't even manage to get the words right. Let me translate for you. People of Earth, get ready for the biggest, the boldest, the mightiest, the best-lookingest, heartbreakingest of them all, the great dreamer, the sleeper of Relia, the great-great-grandson of Shub Nigurath. And let me tell you, baby, pedigree means everything. The high priest of the great old ones himself. Cthulhu is entering the building, and it's gonna be an earth-shattering party, to say the least. Get ready for the ignominious end of the world, baby! It's great to be king. This has been part two of Tesla v. Cthulhu, written and composed by Craig Nibo, performed by an incredibly talented ensemble of actors, musicians, and singers. Hear, hear, my friends. That wraps up part two of our dark musical extravaganza. I hope you've enjoyed the eerie melodies and bone-chilling theatrics as much as I have. But don't stray too far. We're not done yet. Look for part three of this tale just around the corner. And I promise you, it'll be a grand finale that'll make your skin crawl with delight. So gather your courage and join me again for the spine-tingling conclusion of Tesla v. Cthulhu, the musical, on the next episode of Terrifying Lies. Until then, I bid you sweet dreams. Or should I say, sweet nightmares.
This has been the Terrifying Lies Podcast. Please come again. You're welcome here. <laughs> <laughs>